Hey, welcome to the Soul Gym. I'm Crystal. And I'm Jody. Thank you for tuning in for this week's Boot Camp for boot the camp. Soul, where we tone up flabby thinking and develop mental, mental muscle. muscle. Why? So you can be strong and healthy and prosperous. So you guys know that we talk an awful lot about thinking, and this week we're going to talk about the weakened soul. And so, how do you how do you get there where you just it, you feel weak in your soul? Well, it comes from unhealthy thinking, and what unhealthy thinking does is it creates limiting beliefs. Why? Because we just, I mean, things happen, trauma and rejection and abuse. And for whatever reason, we just don't handle it right. And there it goes and it gets stuffed uh, inside our subconscious. So once upon a time, (laughs) let's see if anyone out there can relate. Once upon a time, there's a 10-year-old boy who gets up in front of his classroom for his first show and tell. As he starts to tell his story, he's very, very serious. But everybody cracks up laughing, so he gets flustered, forgets what he wants to say, and he runs back to his seat. His friend leans over and says to him, Dummy, your fly's unzipped. The boy's emotional response to this event, his feelings of humiliation, is recorded in his data bank as a strongly negative experience. Now, suppose that 25 years has passed. He is now 35 years old and has an opportunity to speak at a local boys club. You know what he thinks? Have I experienced anything like this before? He begins to evaluate. Oh, yeah. What will this lead me towards? Nothing good. So he makes the, the decision. I am too busy to give the talk. He makes the, this decision at 35. You know why? Very likely because his pants were unzipped when he was a 10-year-old boy. I, that is a great story. How true. We can all relate. So let's look at how, how did we get here? We all had a childhood. Yes, we did. And so we have to really go back and look at our childhood. We're not here to sit and blame our parents, but it did create who we are. And so Dr. Bruce Lipton says, the fundamental behaviors, beliefs, and attitudes we observed in our parents become hardwired as synaptic pathways in our subconscious minds. Our early childhood experiences really established our foundation for thinking, really our worldview, how we see and interact in the world. I mean, you you cannot, yes, our parents were the most influential or your guardian, whoever raised you, grandparents, whoever it was, but we, we cannot forget the added influences uh, in, in our social world, our teachers, our coaches, pop culture, uh, the TV programs we watch, the music we listen to, and of course our friends, the people we hung out with, all affected the way we think and the, so the way we see ourselves. We received all kinds of messages about how we look if we were athletic or not, if we were intelligent, uh, we internalized and deposited every word, action, and feeling into our subconscious. This 
thought bank uh, that functions to store and retrieve this mental data. And so you can't help it as we're talking about childhood to really sit and think about it. And I mean, you, you can look at the impact of teachers alone. And I remember being a young kid, uh, first and second grade, and my gym teacher absolutely loved me. He adored me. He spoke such words of encouragement into my life. Crystal, you're so strong. Crystal, you're so fast. Crystal, I mean, when we would do that physical fitness test, mm-hmm. do you remember that? Oh, I love it. Of course, I remember it. Do the, the arm hang, <laughs> and he would just rave over how long I, I I could hang up there. And I'm telling you, it he did something. Yes. I saw myself as an athlete. I saw myself as fast. I was always out on the playground running and and beating everybody. And it was because of a lot of of it was because of what he said. On the flip side. But look at that. He instilled in you a passion and a love probably for sports, athletics, coaching. What one teacher, how it can (laughs) put put you in a trajectory yep. for your life for the rest of your life Absolutely. that is amazing so teachers out there remember teachers. remember this and I, I also remember uh, a few years later I was at bible camp and uh, again the, the art uh, we were doing art and we were we were honestly I remember we were gluing rocks to a piece of wood and your favorite my, exactly <laughs> and so I can hear, uh, at the same time, it's track and field day outside. I can hear the starter guns going off. All I wanted to do was to be out there running. Again, I, I, I loved it. This man had instilled these positive feelings about it in my world. And because I was not gluing, uh, not really, I mean, paying attention to what was happening in this art class, I remember the teacher being very frustrated with me and actually saying to me, I would never be a good mother because I didn't like arts and crafts. Now, again, I never enjoyed arts and crafts ever a day in my life again. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I never had children. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was influential in that, but can you see the Mm -hmm. impact Mm -hmm. of people in our lives? Well, let's talk about the wizards. Yeah. (laughs) Many of you have seen the Wizard of Oz. And I like to call these people the wizards in our lives. Remember the Tin Man. He didn't believe he had a heart. Remember the, the Scarecrow. He, he didn't have a brain, so he felt he was stupid. And remember the Lion. He had no courage. But Dorothy comes along and goes, if we can just see the Wizard of Oz, he'll give us everything we need. So these guys and gal are walking down the yellow brick road, going to try and find what they're missing in their lives. And so at the end of the story, they finally see the wizard and he gives them a diploma. He gives them a paper and declares over them, Tin Man, you now have a heart. Right. Uh, Scarecrow, you now have a brain. Lion, I declare you courageous. Yeah. You know, but did they really need this wizard to declare over them that they were brave, smart, and had a heart? 
But one person who they didn't even know told them, you're brave, you're smart, you have a heart. And I call all these coaches, teachers, people, when you're little, little in your in your life, the influence. One comment yeah. from one of these wizards in your life can make all all the difference in the world. They get us to believe who we are, whether it's true or not. Exactly. You know, someone can come to you and go, you're terrible in math. Have we all had those teachers going, you're just really no good at this. And we go, well, I, I guess, guess not. They're the expert. Yep. They're the wizard in our lives. So what we're trying to do is get you to look back at your past, look at what people have declared over you, and you have just accepted it as the truth. Right. The, I mean, the power of words, the oh. words and experiences. I mean, yes, they deposited as children, but we were talking earlier, they're still affecting us as an adult. Hey. Uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf always talks about how we were wired for love. That we were made in the image of God himself. And so we were designed for relationships. We need love and support of others. We need to be hugged and affirmed and protected. So words of love and affirmation created healthy thoughts and healthy thinking. It helped create a positive self-image in in that area. Resiliency, competency, whatever it was. But cruel words and deeds really distort our perspective. They create unhealthy thoughts and and an unhealthy self-perception. And children are just so vulnerable towards this because of course they're going to bury you know, frightening, scary, unhappy feelings in, into their subconscious. They're not prepared. Yeah, they don't to, know how to challenge that. Yeah, they don't know how to handle that, let alone what if the perpetrator is their parent? I mean, that that's just devastating. So, you guys, how do we get here? How did I get this weakened soul, this unhealthy thinking that's really um, affected negatively our lives? It's the events of our life have created something. It's created our identity, how we see ourselves. It's that internal picture that we have. It's created in each of us a unique mental makeup. Our character has been developed over time, and that's our mental and moral qualities. Our temperament has been developed. It's those behavioral tendencies like, are you chill? Are you reactive? Are you a a neurotic person or frustrated? (laughs) Our temperament has been developed over time as well. And our personality, you know, just the, the, the characteristic way we think and feel and behave. And you guys, how we see ourselves really is just, it's monumental. How we see ourselves determines how we treat ourselves, how we treat other people, how we cope in stressful situations, how we react or respond when things happen. So, for example, let's look at a stressful situation. You know, you're you're caught in traffic or you're confronted about something or somebody yells at you, whatever it is. If you have a picture that sees yourself as strong, mm-hmm. you know, that's who you see who you are. Guess what? You respond to a, a stressful situation as an overcomer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it can develop greater purpose. Uh, you, you get stronger mm-hmm. in these situations 
Whereas if you see yourself weak, you know, you believed after all this time that, that you're just not good at handling stressful situations, you won't. You will be unable to cope. You might panic or freeze or fall apart, start bawling, whatever it is. How critical it is to handle this properly with kids. Oh, parents, teach your children how to deal with adverse circumstances. Just number one, don't bail them out of every circumstance. Because really when you intervene, you know, every time Jimmy falls down on the playground or, or Susie gets a bad grade or someone says something negative and you're at the, at the, teachers conference you know having to deal with this or you're calling the school going someone was mean to my kid and and your kids are hearing this right they're watching this really what you are telling them is you can't handle it right i will bail you out every time you know the best things we can do is let our kids struggle let our kids deal with with the person who's picking on them now again there are extreme circumstances where if they are, I mean, psychologically getting messed up by someone, yes, you intervene. If their lives are in danger, yes, you intervene. But if someone calls them a pig or if someone says, you have funny looking hair, that is not the time to run to their aid. I mean, what I'm seeing is this world is a cruel, cold, dark place to live in. And I'm watching... 18, 19, 20-year-olds enter this world and really, really panic and not know how to deal with it. So at the time they're four, five, six years old, instill in them, you can you can handle this. Right. You are strong. You are capable. The more strength you're instilling in them, the more the, the strong identity of who they are in Christ Jesus and, and they can overcome anything and 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 you've got this and and we're on your side and we're believing with you and praying with you the more strength on the inside they have right when mom and dad aren't around and brothers and sisters aren't around and they walk into a situation automatically rather than panic they will go i can handle this and what's amazing is that inner strength and fortitude will give them the answer to these situations when you panic and you freeze and you're clueless in life you you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. But when you know, okay, I've got a God living on the inside of me. Mom and dad told me I'm pretty strong. These situations pop up and they use that inner strength. Guess what? Each time they get stronger. Right. It, then in the sixth grade, when friends turn their backs on them, they go, I can handle this. Rather than falling apart right. at every negative circumstance, each negative circumstance they go no big i got this so we are developing healthy strong prosperous kids as well so all right so we're looking at childhood and so it is really developed who we believe we are and what's happened in that process is we said all these words and thoughts and they get planted into our subconscious and the subconscious is that thought bank we we've all got it and the beauty of our subconscious is you just you jump in your car and you start it you don't even think you just drive to the store I mean, you can tie your shoes and brush your teeth and you don't even have to think about it. That is the beauty of the subconscious.
subconscious. The ugly of the subconscious is that it's a million times more powerful than the conscious mind. And so much of the time, we don't even realize because we're unaware of what we're thinking about. We don't even realize why we've just pulled into the McDonald's drive-thru, you know, and ordering a a double quarter pounder with cheese as opposed to our (laughs) our grilled chicken salad. (laughs) After making that goal, I'm I'm going to lose 10 pounds this week. Exactly. And so it's fundamentally habitual. It's stored all of our habits and it really, really likes our comfort zone. Jody, you love how Lou Tice talks about the subconscious and he even takes it a step further into the creative subconscious. Just a few little things he says about the subconscious. Your subconscious is like a blank canvas at conception. With every life experience, you dab a little paint on the canvas. You paint your own picture of the truth about yourself, the real you. Every artist paints of her own version like fingerprints. No two are alike. And once you dab on attitudes and opinions about yourself and the world, no matter how detrimental they are you're stuck with them until you decide to consciously repaint the picture right so you have a picture in your subconscious of who you are the creative subconscious is a little different it's so interesting yes the creative subconscious is the enforcer of your behavior it maintains your present version of reality by (laughs) causing you to act like the person you believe you to be it maintains the order and sanity by maintaining that inner picture of the truth that you've come to accept like that is just like me so if you say oh i'm lazy your your creative subconscious is going to keep you lazy So as long as we keep saying those negative things about ourselves, we believe that it's going to, it's going to make sure we behave and act exactly as we believe we are. Amazing. Suppose you've convinced yourself that you always get lost when you drive to unfamiliar places. Didn't we used to say that about ourselves? Jody and I would be talking. And guess what? And we we got lost. And we couldn't find our car. (laughs) And we'd say it. We get lost lost every time we drive together. And look at our creative subconscious made uh sure it happened. You don't have to wake up every morning and remind yourself, now don't get lost today. Your creative subconscious will take care of it automatically no doubt so here we are we're looking at our childhood we're we're understanding that there is a subconscious that's really trying to keep those negative habits the habits that we've developed they're good habits as well but we're talking about the weakened soul and so the weakened soul is now affecting our lives there's this this negative thought cycle that we go through when when we hear a negative thought somebody says something negative to us about us um, those thoughts they they grow and they change and you guys there's nothing more indicative of our thinking than listening to the running dialogue in our head if you if you want to know what you're thinking about you pause and just listen to the voices uh, good or bad dummy y- y- exactly way to, way to blow it again uh-huh yeah. exactly or, great job jody I, right <laughs> 
we need to hear more of those, don't we? And so thoughts become beliefs, our self-identity. And remember, just because you you believe it or you've believed it now for the last 40 or 50 years doesn't mean it's it's necessarily true but it becomes a belief once it becomes a belief we act on those beliefs they're the things that we do i i believe with all of my heart how important it is to work out and be healthy and so what do i do every day i go to the gym it's a belief and now i act on that and Actions that are repeated over and over and over again are become so automatic that they become habits. Again, good or bad. So think about it. Healthy thoughts build healthy beliefs. I'm capable. I can do this. Which initiate healthy actions and develop healthy habits. So the flip side is obviously true. Unhealthy thoughts build unhealthy beliefs which initiate unhealthy actions and we develop unhealthy habits so these beliefs now uh, become limiting beliefs because of our childhood because of the experiences because of you know what's happened in school whatever it is so a limiting belief It's a belief that has now got you constrained in some way. Remember the 10-year-old boy in the beginning of the story, a limiting belief was he he experienced a painful, embarrassing situation. Now he's 35 years old and an opportunity arises for him to speak at a boys club. So throughout our whole lives, what's going to happen is a new opportunity, a new relationship, a new open door will, will present itself to you. And what we do is we go, have I been here before? Right. You know, that's what our subconscious does. It goes, have I experienced anything like this before? And if I have, has it been positive or negative? So if you can equate it to anything that has happened in your life and you got embarrassed and you got scared or people mocked and laughed at you, if you have not changed that inner picture of who you are, that 10-year-old boy did not change that inner picture of when I get up in front of a group, people aren't going to laugh at me. I'm going to do a great job. He never changed that. So what did he do that opportunity arose and he ran yep so now how many times do we do how that? many times do we do that a new job a new friend a new opportunity and we go oh does this look like any place i've been before uh not good run yeah. but then on the flip side you can take these positive experiences say you won that award in fifth grade for being the best leader mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden certain opportunities are arising for you to lead you go yeah yeah i've done this before even if it was in fifth grade and you were eight years old see our, our conscious stores all these positive and negative situations and all day long we're drawn from them so we got to be aware uh, of what they're leading us to or making us run away from right so limiting beliefs obviously place limits on us limiting beliefs negatively affect our lives so we've got to ask ourselves um, in any area of our life are we producing results we don't want We have to look at that. 
because our limiting beliefs shape everything that we do. And like you just said, absolutely blinds us to opportunity, steals opportunity. And it's and limiting beliefs are based in fear. Mm-hmm. They, they just are. We talk all the time. We're either operating in faith or fear, safety versus harm. We think that we're avoiding criticism. It can be the illusion of control when really we are missing out on opportunity. We're missing out on, on a greater purpose, on fulfilling those dreams and those goals and and really achieving having an exciting life and so you guys we are here to challenge limiting beliefs I mean before we even get on this podcast Jody and I sit here for an hour or two you know just talking about and we are identifying our own limiting beliefs that we're saying no we, we are going to challenge that. That is no longer going to, but it's, you got to change that picture yeah. in your head. That's key. That is the key is our identity has been created mm-hmm. and we have to change the picture. And I'm telling you, this is how we're going to start. So begin to identify those limiting beliefs. We say all the time, just start to become aware of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And we suggest starting a thought journal Start writing down, um, you can write down positive thoughts, but we want to attack those limiting beliefs. So we want you to start becoming aware of those limiting beliefs. Start writing them down in a thought journal. It's really cool to identify the emotion and the corresponding feeling because then you become even more aware of what's going on. For example, you know it's fear. You're afraid to do something and it's showing you're feeling frustrated. So that's the emotion of fear, but it's what it's doing. You're feeling frustrated and then you can go as far as what are the physical symptoms that I'm feeling? I got a lump in my throat or my stomach hurts or I've got these pins and needles shooting down my arms, whatever it is, all of this works together. And what we're saying is once we identify them and we can see how they're negatively affecting our lives, we're going to challenge these suckers. I mean, we're going to find evidence that it's not true, that that's not what God says about us, that just because someone in the fourth grade said something doesn't mean it's true. And so we're challenging you to find an affirmation, to write down an affirmation, something positive about it, find scripture that challenges this limiting belief. And I'm telling you every day. Find something to be grateful for. And imagine a life without it. Yeah. You know, what you need to do is is we're so immersed. We're so, you know, of who we are. We're so, u- we're so used to being angry. We're so used to being defeated. We're so used to being lazy. We're so used to the negative. And so you go, oh, that's great. I need to change my belief. But sit and think about what it would be like to be different. Man. You know, if anger has just rocked your world since you were three years old and you are so fed up with being a rageaholic, just sit at first and go, what would life be like if I lived in peace? And harmony that I'm not fighting with my parents. I'm not fighting with my spouse. I'm not fighting with my coworkers. You know, first of all, you got to identify what is it I want? Mm -hmm. I could possibly be free from rage or anger or whatever your situation. Imagine it. Right. Absolutely. 
So we are here to challenge the weakened soul because we're all about being strong and healthy and prosperous. And so, but you do, you got to look at your childhood. You got to be aware that we have a very powerful subconscious Mm -hmm. that wants to keep us safe and and in in our comfort zone yeah keeping keeping you uh, it wants your behavior to act according to how you believe and we're saying that these that there are some limiting beliefs that we're challenging uh we've we've asked you what are these limiting beliefs doing to your life and just what you just said jody imagine your life without them how good it can be how prosperous it can be and so you guys next week we're going to introduce you to your mental muscle exercises uh three very powerful um components three keys to really unlocking uh this mental muscle to unlocking these limiting beliefs in in our lives and so your mental muscle challenge this week uh just become aware Start to journal a few things and and start to identify what some of those triggers are. Mm-hmm. And you guys, we uh, we just want you to be strong. We want you to be healthy and prosperous. We are so grateful every single week that you've joined us. Um, we appreciate you listening. Remember to check out Mind Moxie, How to Help You Master What's Mastering You on Amazon. Uh, Check out the website with that, mymoxielife.com. Please subscribe and get your free 31-day Devo. It's all about strong thinking. We appreciate you guys for your support, your financial support, your words of wisdom and encouragement are, are just so helpful to us. So remember... Tell every person on the planet you know. Every person. Every single person to listen to uh, the Soul Gym. And uh, we're just here for you guys Uh, again. uh, We will catch you next week on the Soul Gym. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.